Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Everything Aren't We podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew and Lee, and we're going to look at our 1-0 victory over West Ham this afternoon um, in what was, I thought, a fairly dull game for the most part. Uh, there were a couple of flashes of creativity and a couple of things happening, but for the most part, it was quite boring all round. Um, it was a case of two teams just cancelling each other out, being solid defensively, um, and it, it was... Yeah, there wasn't much like creativity and flair to get past either side. But, you know, having said that, there was a couple of brilliant, uh, brilliant pieces. And one of them was from Calvert-Lewin, which we'll get to. Um, but the overall, we've seen the lineup today before the game. Patterson comes straight back in for Young, as we expected. Same lineup. Um, I thought Harrison and McNeil were trying hard, but it didn't really do much. Decore. <sighs> was very, very quiet for most of the game. Didn't really do much. Um, Branthwaite, Tarkowski were sensational. Mikhalenko was brilliant again. Patterson, a little bit sceptical of his defensive ability, but you know what? The boys put a shift in there and we we were solid and we made it incredibly difficult for West Ham to do anything and create anything. Um, And the first little moment I want to touch on there is around the 25th minute mark, I think it was, or the half an hour mark. So, Paqueta gives the ball away, uh, and we're three on one on goal. Uh, Lee, I'll, I'll come to you on this one, mate. And Harrison, he can't seem to pick the right pass out, so he ends up wasting the, the chance and a gift that we've got. Uh, I think his decision-making leaves a lot to be desired. And However, what I will say in his defence is all three players in that situation kind of ran into each other. They weren't like creating space and, and creating a nice opportunity for him to just... You've, all, you've almost got to say, right, I'm in a nice spot here give me the ball and they didn't do that for him. So just a wasted opportunity that one, mate. Yeah, it was sorry the first half a little bit. It was it was there wasn't much happening. There wasn't I agree with you, it was a pretty dull game to be fair, but yeah, it was frustrating. But those things tend to happen at least once a game, especially yeah. when everyone is involved. Mm. But but the good thing is that it didn't cost us you know, we were still able to get that goal in the second half and defend really well throughout the game. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating, but listen, when you go there, 
you know, we we all well we struggled for the last fucking thirty years on the road. Yeah. You know, since the Premier League was formed, I think we've probably got one of the worst win rates away from home, especially yeah. from all the teams that have been ever present in the Premier League. Yeah. So take wins as as you as you get them. Because as I said two years before, we've actually won away from home as we did last season. Yeah. We in October. So I'm gonna look at it from a positive point of view. Uh, kept a clean sheet again. What's that's two in the last three games. Mm-hmm. So onwards and upwards yeah. for us, hopefully. Definitely mate, not too bad at all. Um and then I think there was a bit of a scuffle, Andrew and, and I think it was Tarkowski went flying in on a challenge on Kudus. Um and it causes a bit of frustration and handbags within the two sets of teams, you know, two sets of players. Um, Pickford loses his head a little bit in this situation and, and gets a yellow card for his involvement. Um, Andrew, what do you make of the, the scuffle? Uh, pretty much what I expected, even you know, in the match preview that we did. Uh, you know how sometimes you get games that are like you know fencing matches. It's about the art of the fight and nuance. Yeah, Daesh versus Moyes is more of like one of those Russian slap fights in like a prison. Yeah. I, I just, this is all I really expected for the entire thing. It's not that neither has tactical malice or nuance, but just this seems like set up to enable their worst tendencies yeah. and their squad's worst tendencies. So, is what it is. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, it was just a frustrating game, and you you could see that both sets of players were getting frustrated because it was just so dull and we were just cancelling each other out like a, a crap game of chess. Um, but then we, we finally get the breakthrough goal uh, just after half-time, Lee. Um, I think it was Kufal played a long ball up to Antonio who gets absolutely dominated by Branthwaite and he comes away with the ball um, in sensational fashion. And then he, he plays it to Calvert-Lewin who hands it off to Harrison with his first touch and then he kind of posts up the defender waiting to get it back. Uh, with his back to goal, swivels on a dime and slots it right in the bottom corner on the opposite side of where the goal, where he should be shooting. It's a fantastic finish. Yeah, I think, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for the work that he can do with his feet. Yeah. I always remember the goal he scored against West Ham in the um, League Cup when we beat them 4 0. Yeah. And he lobs it over the player's head and then takes a touch and buries it. Mm-hmm. So I think he's very underrated. Obviously, his greatest strength is his aerial ability. There's no denying that. But, you know, he's not as bad as what people think he is or people say he is yeah. with his feet. Um, I think with Calvert-Lewin, it's just about keeping him fit. Mm. Because I think Ancelotti unlocked Sutton, whether it was, you know, through training with him and stuff like that. But Sutton happened that season. He was here. Mm. And he's shown... When he's fit, he scores goals. Yeah. He's not going to get you 40 a season like Haaland. So yeah. don't let, don't want people coming at me going, oh, can hell, he hasn't scored this week or something. If mm. he doesn't bag one next week. But he, he'll he score your goals. It's what he does. And he's very, very good at it. Yeah. Um, you just got to hope and play for him as well, that he stays fit. Because yeah. I, think, I think in his last, like, 15 starts, he's got, like, 10 goals. Yeah. But that, but that is spread over like 18, 20 months. Yeah. And that's the that's the biggest problem for him. But um yeah, unbelievable finish. But yeah. as I say, it's I expect that from him. 
to mm. be to be brutally honest, because I think he is better than what a lot of people give him credit for with his feet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it's his overall play in that situation. You know, it, the ability to control a bad pass uh, and and hold off a defender in the process, or you know, the ability to hold up play and bring his get his teammates involved when he's playing it down the line to to bring someone else in for the overlap, or you know, his overall body strength when he's dealing with Kurt Zuma and, and players of that nature. Like he's, his his overall play as a centre forward is sensational and he ticks almost every box um as for, for what you want in a centre forward. Um he, he's oh, just Kurt Zuma won't do nothing against him because he's not a cat. Well that's it mate, yeah. Didn't kick him <laughs> But uh, no, he's he's just brilliant, Calvert Lewin. He's he's one of the best in Europe for for that type of thing specifically for what he's just done there for that goal. It's just brilliant. Hold off the, the defenders, um, turn and produce a little bit of magic and class. Andrew, what's your take on the goal, mate? Ah, uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I I know you know we we just spoke about it. Like people accused DCL of not being good at his feet. I don't think it's quite that. He has the technical ability. He can strike a ball well. For me, it was always like his shot selection. Yeah. He tends to keep it low and add the keeper. Like, that was him at his worst. Whereas, like, it will be when shooting would not strike the ball well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I think DCL has all the technical ability to hit a ball super well. It's just he chooses to hit it in safe areas. Mm. Um, I think his kind of mentalities keep it simple um and the rest come mm. but yeah and, uh kept it well wide like keeper never had a chance and then later i was thinking about the bad dcl shot when duke took a shot mm. because it was you know one-on-one -on -one. remember we talked about that with between richie and dcl like dcl 1v1 was not great a couple of years ago yeah. this was definitely not 1v1 um but just really great all around building up his own shot with mm. harrison yeah. Um, do you remember what was it? I think it was like that Newcastle goal that Awobi scored, where it kind of rebounded off Dom, except Dom did all the moving parts himself, except yeah. for that Harrison interception. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, big time. It, it it just created something with West Ham again, a very solid team. We know this already, and it was going to produce a little bit of magic. And he even throws the keeper off by shooting at the wrong side of the goal. Like, if anything, he should be shooting this side at the near post. But, yeah, just sensational. Brilliant little bit of magic. Um, and he gets his 50th goal for the club, Lee, which is a nice little milestone for him personally and for us as well. You know, he's he's now in good company when it comes to the goals. Yeah, but did you see that, see that stat that he pulled up? Only four players in Premier League history. That's fucking shocking, though. <laughs> uh -huh. Not taking away from anything from Calvert Lewin, like, but mm. for, to have a, only four players when we consider we've played every season, yeah, that's that's a shocking stat. But mm. no fair play to him, as I said, he's keeping fit. It's all about keeping him fit now. Yeah. For me, yeah. um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even play him against Burnley on Wednesday. Mm. I give Beto the full ninety minutes and put Chiamitti on as well. Yeah. Just keep him, keep him fully fit for the league games. Yeah, definitely, mate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then just after that, a nice bit of play. Onana again was brilliant for me. He just gets better and better. Um, you know, he's he's really his consistency when he first joined was, you know, very um, 
scarce, but now he, he's consistent every single game in what he does. He produces a nice performance all around, and and he's so strong on the ball, and and he's definitely getting better with his creativity as well. So you can actually see massive improvement from him from when he first joined. Um, so he, he around the seventy fifth minute, he he gets the ball and he drives forward. Um, and he plays a lovely through ball to Calvert Lewin. Uh, Andrew and and Calvert Lewin slaps it off the bar. He, he should be scoring that one, I suppose. But good bit of play from um, Onana with the through ball and Calvert Lewin with the run as well. Just a bit unlucky that it was offside, but good play all round, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just got pelted with snow in my car. Um, yeah. No, that was fantastic. When he picked that through ball, I was so impressed. That looked like something that uh, the best version of Gomez would have done. Yeah. Um, just really slick, great weight. I, man, if that had gone in, I would have been pissed if it didn't get forward yeah. uh, to see if he was actually offside. It was close. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Good little bit of play. I like that. And Onana, again, you know, the ability to just drive forward with the ball, showing his, his strength and power. Um, and then with a nice through ball there, yeah, just brilliant. It's what you want to see. Uh, and then, Lee, another... Little bit that happened later on. So just after that, Garner steals the ball in midfield, uh, and Ben Rama fouls him, and with a very similar foul to what we saw last week in the derby. But we won't get into that again. Um, and then Decore kind of this is a nice little bit of intelligence that I seen from Decore. Um, he gets the ball, and because Garner's being fouled, he uses a little bit of initiative and intelligence that we don't usually see from our squad, and he just kind of does a little half-hearted pass towards one of our players, knowing full well. It won't get there, just in a general direction. And then we get a nice free kick from it. Where, you know, how often have we seen players just kind of pick that ball up, try and make something happen, lose the ball, they get the ball, and we don't get a free kick. Do you know what I mean? So, nice bit of intelligence from the goalie. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably something that comes from, comes from the manager. Because yeah. he is that type of manager, isn't he? Mm. Do you know what I mean? He, he's not afraid to like the dark art, if you will, yeah. of like intentionally putting it in a certain area because you know you're either going to win the ball or you're going to get a free kick. Yeah. So, yeah, fair play to them. Um, it is... Ginger uh, Simeone. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was just going to touch... I'm starting to see, like, the more we play now, the more you're starting to see the mm. dice style, especially away from home. Yeah. I mean... Our away record this year isn't apart from Villa aside mm. in the um, league because we obviously beat them in the cup. Yeah, our away record's actually pretty good. Mm. Um, and I think those little things, even though they're not massively significant in the grand scheme, but all them little things throughout the ninety minutes, yeah. they do help you because they disrupt play, disrupt momentum, yeah. stops them from piling players forward and stuff. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's very clever. Yeah, it's just a nice little bit of you know in- intelligence that we just haven't seen um, for a long, long time. You know, and it was quite easy to. I mean, what he done was he, he looked straight at the referee, the the Corey, and thought, okay, well, yeah, I'll just roll this towards one of our players, and the referee's got no choice but to give it then. So it's just just nice to see that. Um, and then. Andrew, we, just after that, we see a, a monster save from Pickford, a point-blank range from Kudus. And Kudus was a thorn in our side the whole game. Um, he was he was brilliant, actually. He caused havoc at some in, in some parts. But, yeah, 
I don't know what happened. It kind of bobbled his way, and then he he got the shot away. It was offside anyway, but it just shows, you know, it was just a fantastic save from Pickford, Andrew. Yeah, honestly, like, I know he didn't have much to do, but I kind of felt like as things got sloppier and we everyone started getting gassed, yeah. um, it just got real loose, and it's that thing in, like, fights where, like, okay, someone's going to do something dumb here because they're too tired. Yeah. Um, but he was very alert came to life and did everything he had to do mm. this is a very different game i think in the last 25 without brant wade and pickford at mm. their best mm. absolutely mate yeah definitely brant wade was just brilliant absolutely brilliant all game um 72 pass accuracy 64 touches 10 clearances seven ball recoveries three aerial duels one two interceptions two tackles and a block 10 clearances from brant wade lee just just a monster isn't he Maybe he's just adding zeros and a few other numbers onto that price tag. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's going to get to a point where we're running out of things to say about him because mm. he just needs to carry on mm. on this trajectory, really. Um, I don't think he's really... Anytime he's put a foot wrong, he's had Tarkovsky next to him to sweep up like we've seen with the... Um, the double block last week in the derby. Yeah. Banfoot made a little tiny mistake mm. and Tarkovsky was there right next to him. Yeah. And it was the same with Michalenko. Michalenko made a little mistake mm. in the, um, late in the second half. Yeah. And let, let his winger get past him and Banfoot was right there to clear it up. Yeah. So there seems to... I think if Patterson stays in the team now, you've got, you know, a back four that could play possibly all season together, yeah. which will only bode well for us. Because mm. it's one part of the pitch you don't really want to be chopping and changing week in, week in, week out is your defence. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, Brownfoy is fully deserved man of the match as well, I think. Yeah. Um, I know a few other websites give it to Calvin Lewin because he scored the winner. Mm. But I think for how easy he makes the game look as well, it's just. It's it's baffling because he's what he's only 22, 21. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he's he's playing like he's a thirty-one year old. Yeah, just brilliant. So, yeah, yeah. he's sending brands a Christmas basket for that loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sense just think it. as well at the start of the season, we we literally thought we had no. I know we don't want to go into it, but we. We had no resaleable assets, mm. and all of a sudden now you've got Calvert Lewin back fit, scoring goals. Yeah, you've got Onana who's coming into his own, and mm. Bramford's just going from strength to strength. Mm. And Pickford, just touching on Pickford as well. I, I think that similar to the Bournemouth game, he didn't have nothing to do, but when he was called upon, he that concentration that he used to lack going back three or four years ago. Yeah, I think. He's showing a real maturity in between the sticks now. I really do. Yeah. Um, and there's no question in my eyes that he's definitely England's number one. Yeah, easily, mate. And it, and he yeah. done another good save just after that as well. Um, I think it was Ben Rama who kind of hit it on the volley. It was wide at the post. It hit it on the volley. And another good save from Pickford because it looked like it was going in that one. So, and I think that was on around like the 90th minute as well when. You know, when we needed him, he's, he's just come up clutch again. So That's what I mean. He, he's done nothing for, what, 83 minutes? Because yeah. I think that Kuda shot was in about the 84th minute. Yeah. And he's come up with two clutch saves in the last seven, eight minutes of the game. Mm. 
So I'll yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the substitutions. So Andrew, this is something that um I've criticized Dice for. What people. fucking substitution? Exactly. That's the point. Like he just sits there until something happens and then he might react. Whereas, you know, as as we all said, we, we said it in the group, Paul said it as well, you know, McNeil, um, Harrison, they looked leggy, you know, what he could have done with a change. Uh Dan Juma, again, nowhere near to be seen, or nowhere to be seen. I just don't understand. That's a waste of a loan after all that stuff that happened with him. You know, if, if you're going to bring him in, play him. That's a waste of a loan. He could have added some, you know, he could have injected some pace on the wing. Um, Andrew, and then he brings on Chimiti instead of Beto, which, you know, you could say he's saving Beto for the Burnley game, fine. But overall, his timing and his decision-making when it comes to substitutions leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, and you guys all know how I feel about Daesh in general, but actually I did agree with the Chimidi versus Beto choice. Yeah. I think mm. Chimidi needs more minutes to get more match comfortable yeah. um, in the Premier League, so I'm okay with that, actually. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't think Daesh views the game as like something that transitions, really. Mm. I think he views it as plan A, last 89 minutes, and if yeah. something fucks up, I'll figure it out. I, I just don't think he sees it as having different states or evolutions yeah. that he can manipulate with clever substitutions and tactical changes. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's stupid. I just think he's rigid. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just stubborn as well. That's that's a big problem. And, and we struggled with this with previous managers, just them being so stubborn um, and trying to do it their way. It, it's just... It's just weird. Like you have to be able to adapt, and his timing of substitutions again is it's just a bit strange. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, our best substitution manager was our worst tactical manager over the past four or five years. Mm. Was Frank, and the only time he like played the no sub game was when he was pissed off at the board for not making sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a strange one. Like the Dan Juma thing as well. It's just baffling to me. I don't know what he's done to piss Dice off, but he's just not getting a look in. Maybe he can start against Burnley and then, you know, perhaps grab a place for the next league game. I don't know. But, yeah, Dice is just a bit stubborn. Um, but, no, I'm not going to – it was a good performance. And, Lee, it's, it's what you'd call a professional performance, isn't it? You know, we got the job done. No frills, nothing. But we saw it out and came away with the three points. Yeah, it's the – it's the type of performance that you used to see him from Dice's Burnley and yeah. from when Moyes was at Everton. Mm. You know, the amount of times we used to win 1-0 under David Moyes. Yeah. It was like, look, we were literally 1-0 to the Everton, like the Arsenal fans used to sing years ago. Yeah, yeah. But, no, just touching on Dan Juma, though, I, I, it is a strange one, but I don't think there's that much of a fall now because if you watch him at half-time, he's actually on the pitch with Harrison. Like mm. talking and like showing Harrison, like coaching him, sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if he was that annoyed, I don't think he'd be doing that because point you back to Decore sitting on the ball at Man City last year, he could have been talking to his teammates, but he wasn't. He was sulking. Yeah. Well, he's actually come out and said that he wasn't, but it's not a good look, was it? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think there is a massive falling out there. Mm. Um, only Dice can tell you because obviously he's the one who sees him in training every day yeah. and he's clearly seeing more out of McNeil and Harrison at the minute mm. to not put him into the starting eleven. 
So yeah, I'm not I'm not too bothered about that. I'm at the same time, he's only a lone player. Dice has yeah. got to look at this long term. I know Harrison is, but Harrison's basically out of contract when he goes back to Leeds. Yeah. So it'll be a lot easier to strike up a deal with Harrison than it would Dan Juma. Yeah. So it's just a waste of a loan though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but to be fair, we didn't have no one else coming in, did we? Mm. It's not like we had a rich a rich list of people waiting to come to Everton on loan. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, I, I fully expect him to play against Burnley on Wednesday, like Yeah, definitely, mate. Hopefully anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a good performance and, and a good solid mm. performance defensively. It's what we've come to expect from Dice, even though we haven't been getting it. Um you know, we, we limited them to very few big chances. I think overall as a team, I think we had something like 28 clearances or something, which is just insane. So it's just no frill stuff. Just get it out, back to basics. And it worked tonight as well, or this afternoon, I should say. Um, Decore, I don't know. Is, has he got complacent or do you think the game, Andrew, just didn't suit him? I mean, he's just got the new deal, hasn't he? So do you think it's that, or do you think it's just a case of this wasn't the game for him? I don't think we're quite there yet. I think it's Ducore being inconsistently Ducore. Yeah. Sometimes he's an absolute world beater, and sometimes he's a passenger with trampoline shins. Um, <laughs> this wasn't really the latter. I just, I, I, yeah, I don't think this was the game for him. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange one, actually. I mean, in certain games, he's brilliant. Like, the, the Brighton away game. Last season, he was sensational. Uh, and then other away games, he's nowhere to be seen. So it's like, sometimes we play in the counter-attack and he's really good. And other times, he's just he's just a ghost. It's just a strange one. Um, hopefully, he can just build on that. But at, at the same time, what is he now, 30? We can't be saying, like, oh, no, no we, we're talking about him improving massively with his consistency and, and actually getting to a level where he's doing it week in, week out. The core is 30. So if he hasn't got that consistency now, we're just hoping for a little bit of magic, like like a super volley against Bournemouth, you know, for him to, to do it. But, yeah, maybe it just wasn't the game for him, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, yeah. all around. Uh, one quick shout-out, though, for Harrison. Like, I, him staying on so long, I was definitely concerned. Um, but he did pocket Ben Rama late in the game where I thought that's the one where they're about to get off a great cross and heartbreaker equaliser. Yeah. Uh, but he had him every single step of the way. And it was like, I don't know, 86, 87 minutes in. Mm-hmm. Um, he did spectacularly there, not letting him lose. Yeah, definitely. He, he, did, he did well, actually, defensively, um, because Patterson, I thought, was getting rinsed from, a couple of times. Yeah, from coming from such a bad defensive team under Bielsa and Marsh, uh, mm-hmm. sequentially, Harrison's a good defender yeah. for a winger. Yeah, not bad at all. He definitely puts a shift in, that's for sure. Um, yeah, just just a good, solid all round performance and a much needed three points. Because I'll be honest, Lee, if if we didn't win this game or if we'd have lost this game, I, I'd have been really really worried. Um, now we're, we're breaking away from that zone. Now we're on ten points now, looting it down there in five points. So we we are starting to pull away a little bit. But if we didn't win this one, mate, I'd have been panicking a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Me personally, I don't think it would have been time to panic, but obviously the quicker you build that gap of points up, obviously the better. Mm. Goes without saying. Mm. Um, I actually put it on I've just been talking to a lad on Twitter. I even think now 
looking at these three teams that are below us, well, that are in the relegation zone, I think we can get a 12-point deduction and still stay up. Do you reckon, yeah? I really do. Shut I'd... the fuck up! Someone's going to hear you! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really do. For 15 points. Honest to God, I, I just don't see, like, especially Luton and Sheffield United. Mm. I mean, obviously Sheffield United's only point is against Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually dominated that game. They literally had two shots on target and scored both of them. Yeah. Um, I think if we played that match today, mm-hmm. we we beat Sheffield United quite comfortably. Yeah. Because we're getting we're picking up a bit of momentum now. Um, but no, I just I do. I really think we could literally take a twelve point deduction and still stay up. Yeah. Call me crazy, but. I wouldn't want to do it, mate. I'll be in Austin. No, no. I'd, I'd rather stay on 10 points as we are. Yeah. But really, when you think about it, we don't, if we do get it at this stage, we're only seven points off safety. Yeah. That's two wins and a draw. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's not a lot. It really isn't. Yeah. But... Well, you heard today as well, like apparently nine Premier League clubs um, in March wrote and they were arguing that Man City shouldn't or well, they should be excluded from Europe while the appeal was heard. Everton wasn't one of them, so they didn't grasp on them. Um, Arsenal, Burnley, Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool, Man United, Spurs, Newcastle and Wolves. So no surprise there. I mean, Burnley were the ones last year who were being super grasses and come up again. Um, Liverpool as well. Not like them to be plod, is it? You know what I mean? See, I've seen that myself, but I don't get that because the Premier League won't... I'm pretty sure they haven't got the power to... It's up to your wafer. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, obviously the clubs could ask the question mm. and the Premier League could ask the question, but a city, are your wafer really going to throw out the holders of their own, of their Premier competition? Mm. I'd be fucked. Yeah. So let's be, I mean, obviously in March when that was letter was written, they hadn't won it. Yeah. But not in, not in, not any chance in the world that your wafer are going to kick out the holders of the competition. Simple as. And as I say, I'm pretty sure the Premier League can ask the question, but they can't actually sanction it. Mm. Yeah. So, well, it's a strange one. Just, just yeah. piping up. Like, yeah. Stop getting involved. What's your take on we that? We need uh, three things in January uh, in the market. I think we need a right winger, a right back, mm. and City's legal team on loan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see Everton just come out and be like, do you know what? Shut up. Like, just just shut things down for a little bit, um, and just just like just throw a dig at other teams. I know they like to be classy in what they do and all this. I get it, but just just have a bit of backbone sometimes and just throw a little snide dig out or a little comment. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd love to see it. It's not going to happen. Like, but we can dream. Um. So yeah, and then we've got Burnley in the week in the cup, as you say, and then. Brighton at home next week, which is it's, it's another tough game. Brighton turned us over last time they came to Goodison. Um, so yeah, how how do you feel like going into these next two games, Lee? Um, quietly confident actually, because mm. as I say, well, Wednesday it depends on the changes that both teams make. I can't see yeah Burnley Burnley playing their first eleven because of the situation they're in. They need to start picking up points big time. So I don't think he's going to risk his, his star players through injury or getting sent off or something stupid like that. Yeah. 
Um, Brighton, I know they, they obviously done us last year at, what was it, 2nd or 3rd of January, something like that last this year. But we did repay them back kindly, very kindly, yep. um, with that 5-1 win. I'm actually, I don't know, it's a strange one because we're not as good as we are at home. Yeah. But I do feel, I do feel the way we're playing mm. will suit the way Brighton play will suit the way Everton play better, which yeah. is they will have more of the ball. We'll mm. be able to counter attack them. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually quietly confident on both. Yeah, the Brighton one will be um a very. It's an interesting game for for Dice because what does he do? Does he set up like do we do we let Brighton play? Um, and then in which case it's going to be like an away game for us at home, mm. um, which always makes the crowd nervy. Or do you say, well, we're the home team and then risk getting blown to bits by Brighton on the counter? So it's a tough one. Like, um, well, I think, Dyke, I think we... well, mate, Go on. I was going to say Lampard tried that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. At home, and we got absolutely. I, do you know what? I, I think the fans would appreciate. I mean, especially if we score three or four goals like we did away from home. Yeah. The fans won't care even if we've got fucking 5% possession. Yeah. If we're scoring four or five against Brighton again, mm. then the fans will be more than pleased. Absolutely, mate. I just don't want to see Keane anywhere near that game. I mean, he got injured today in the warm-up, um, so that's unfortunate for him. But, yeah, hopefully he's nowhere to be seen, even even if he is fit. Um, it's fucking unusual for him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we see, we still haven't seen Dobbin yet. I don't know if he's injured or what, but Dobbin seems to have gone quiet on him because he was getting a lot of game time in pre-season and then he started a couple of games as well. And, you know, he, he was quite bright for me. I haven't seen him. I'd like to see him get a game for Burnley. Chimiti, I'd like to see him play a little bit more than just 10 minutes. Uh, Dan Juma, I'd like to see him get more games. Maybe someone like Gomez or Idrissa Gay, you know, just, just mix it up a bit for Burnley and just see what happens. Um, and then obviously reassess for the Brighton game then. But um I, you yeah. just named you've just named the like front six of who I play against yeah. Burnley. I would I'll play Gomez and Adrissa Gay in midfield. Mm. And then I'll play Dan Juman on the left. Yeah. Dobbin on the right with Chiamitti or Beto up front. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a even I've actually why not have both of them play mm. a four four two. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. I mean yeah. It's nice to have certain options. Um, it's nice that Dice knows now what his first eleven is because he keeps coming back to that every week in the league now. But it's nice to have a little, you know, a couple of options as well. Um, I just think that it, some of them can have a bit more of an impact if he just gets more than ten minutes. So it'll just be nice to see, or if he does, or you know, we'll just wait and see what Dice does. But just before we go, Lee, uh, your man of the match today, then mate, are you sticking with Brantwaite? I am, yeah. As much as um. Much as Calvert Lewin, obviously, with the massive match difference, match difference with the winner, I think I don't think we get a clean sheet without Brownfoyt's excellence in centre half. Yeah, and as I say, for a lad of such young age to show such maturity and calmness, yeah, um, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Calvert Lewin's very closely behind him, but just for like how composed he is and. How much he looks at ease playing Premier League football. Yeah, yeah. At such a young age. And when you consider how rash he was under Lampard when he got sent off against Brentford and and then he's obviously went away and as his loan in Holland. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, Brantford. Yeah. 
It's a good shout. What about you? He seems to be popping up every single week. Brantwaite as as a contender yeah. in the match, which is outstanding to have that consistency as a centre half at such a young age. It's brilliant. Um, you know, we we didn't want to have to rely on the likes of Godfrey and Aru play well for one game, go missing for ten. So Brantwaite's proven to be one of the first names on the team sheet, if not the first. Uh, yeah. But no, I'm going to go for Calvert Lewin mate. Um, today, I just think it would have been an incredibly dull game, and I think nil nil. I think everybody would have more or less expected nil-nil, just two teams cancelling each other out. And without that little bit of brilliance, when there's all bodies around them, and just a little bit of magic to just put it in, in the bottom corner, the wrong side of the goalkeeper to which he spins, just a fantastic goal, mate. And, and that is that right there shows why, for me, he's, when he's fit, he's one of the best at, at what he does in Europe. Um so, yeah, I'm going to give it to him, mate, just for unlocking, breaking a deadlock there and winning us the game. The crucial three points, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good performance, as we say. You know, can't go wrong. Three points, happy days. You know, we're climbing up the table. Good professional performance, no injuries. Everybody played, you know, really well. Can't go wrong, can we, mate? So, yeah. yeah nine we're... points out of the last 15 we've got as well, so. Absolutely, yeah. So, nice bit of consistency from the team all around, which, again, comes from players playing consistently and dice picking the team consistently it all just adds up it's not rocket science so well that what was that that was the third game on the spin apart from obviously young mm. going out for Patterson that the yeah. same players were played yeah so yeah definitely mate it's it's not hard really is it you know mm-hmm. it's good that he's recognized that now so yeah we're moving in the right direction and we can all have a Nice evening tonight. Um, but yeah, Lee, thanks so much, mate, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. In the bit. Evan, are we? Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAWpodcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com.